The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makerefu Gospel Church Podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. Go with me to the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter 5, the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 4 through 5, and I want to read this scripture to you. It says in verse 4, Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law and you are fallen from grace. Remember, grace is God's divine empowerment. If you're fallen from God's divine empowerment, you're not going to be able to do what God needs you to do. Verse 5, For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So, the Bible says that there are Christians, there are believers that have made God of no effect for them, because they're still practicing things of the law. They're still practicing things of judgment. They're still practicing things of looking down at people and putting and judging people. And the law brings people into bondage, but Christ has come to liberate people. And there are many Christians today that are bound. One of the things that this leading Satanist was saying in his testimony, he said that, I, I thought this statement was so good. He said, he said, um, salvation is free. He received salvation from the 19-year-old girl immediately, but it took him 10 years to totally get delivered because he still wanted to keep some of the powers that he had as a demonic worshiper, uh, as a demon worshiper, because the demons would tell him everything. He said when people stepped in front of him, he knew everything about them. And he didn't want to lose that, so it took some time for him to get fully delivered. When you came to Christ, you were your name was written in the book of life, but how many of you know we've got some open doors going on in our life, some things where the enemy can come and go? You see, if the enemy has the key to your door, he can unlock the door. That's how a Christian can just be going along worshiping God on Sunday morning and something happened and the next thing they know they're screaming and yelling at their spouse. They're angry over this thing or that thing or someone's done something and you won't even know they're a Christian because of their action. It's because there are still open doors. Amen. When Jesus saved me by a miracle, I was buried alive at the age of 12. I still like to fight. I was a fighter. I like to fight other kids. I, I had anger issues. I had things. There were open doors in my life that God had to deal with me to get out because until my heart was purified, God could not use me in the way that he needed to. And so there are open doors that are creating frustrations in people's life. That's why Christians are frustrated financially. This is why Christians are frustrated in their marriages. It's why Christians are struggling in different things. You know what God wants you to do. You move towards it, but it's like everything is difficult. Everything is a challenge. And I've had phases of that in my ministry where I was like, Lord, this shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this difficult. 
And always I can go back and say, I had an open door. Uh, not too long ago, we were having different struggles and things and found out I had a person that was on our worship team that was living an ungodly life. And it was hidden for a period of time because God was giving them time to repent. But when they did not repent, then God exposed it and it became obvious. So we immediately removed them and we were all blessed. Amen. So there can be things going on even around you that, that's an open door allowing the enemy to come into your family. A lady in America contacted me and she said, you know, my husband and I were Christians and we've taken our, our children to school, but something is going on in my house. He said, strange things are happening and sometimes the furniture will be moved when we come home. Sometimes cabinet doors are opened when we come home. We don't know what's going on. She said, I think there's something demonic going on. Would you please come to my house? So I went to her house. When I got to the house, I, I sensed it. I started walking through the house and I went to a room and I knew it was in that room. I took the bed. I tore the bed apart. I lifted the mattress and beneath the mattress of their oldest son were demonic books. He had been learning and doing. He'd watched that Harry Potter movie and started doing incantations out of curiosity and it invited demonic spirits into the home, and we had to remove it, and we had to deal with it, and they literally had to go so far as to put their oldest son out of the home. So if you have an open door, the demon, demonic world can come in and begin to affect. So I'm sharing this with you today so that the open doors that God is bringing open for your life in 2024 in business, in relationships, in advancing the kingdom and bringing you to a higher level and power in the kingdom of God so that you can go through those doors. Because once you go through the door, there's a revelation that comes and things are easier. See, I, I saw some miracles growing up. I believed in healing. I believed in all that. But once I received revelation, all of a sudden, miracles are easy. In fact, I wasn't sure even what the title of the book. And so the publisher... We were talking on the phone, and I said, I've had five different titles. I just can't get a piece about any. He said, well, tell me about what you think. And I was just sharing with him about the things in the book and everything. And he said, so what you're telling me is you believe that miracles are easy. I said, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. He said, that should be the title of the book. Because most people stay away from it. They think it's hard. It's difficult. It's not hard. You know why it's not hard? Because you're not the healer. Isn't it good to know that Jesus is the healer? I can't heal anybody. See, when I started seeing some miracles, people would invite me, and I felt this incredible pressure. You know, I've got to fast. I've got to pray. Let me, I've got to sing the right song. I've got to, you know, I was trying to duplicate what happened at that moment. And then God said to me, you're not the healer. Why are you, why are you sweating? Why, why do you feel such a struggle going on in your life? Are you the healer? I said, I can't heal anybody. He said, that's good to know. I'm the healer. So now I can show up and have a good time and I can celebrate and just watch God. I like to just show up and watch God do stuff. Hallelujah. <laughs> and when and, and we were here in 2019, we had like 30 blind people healed. Here in, that was in Uganda, here in Uganda, and one night at a crusade, it was more than 30 blind people in one night, just praying for them one at a time. I'm telling you, it was so easy, you know, because we can't heal anybody. Neither can you. 
But when you get the revelation, it is the Christ in you that is the hope of glory. When you get the revelation that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, that you have all power over the demonic forces and the demonic world. See, as Christians, we should not be running away from people that are demonized. Hallelujah. In all the crusades in the past week, we start preaching, and as we start preaching, the demons are going crazy. And they grab them, the ushers grab them, they bring them, they pile them on the platform. We had, a, I don't know how many, every night, they're just piled on the platform. But when they come close to the glory and the presence of God, the demons are looking for an exit. They're looking for a place to run around, run away, and that's how it should be. When you walk down the street, the demons should run on the other side of the street. They should run away from you. You don't have to fear them. They're already fearing you if you know who you are. But if we have open doors in our life, then the demons also know that. They also know what's going on. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus talking, he said, You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines and commandments of men. One of the things that is open doors in people's lives is a lot of the doctrines of men. If it's not in the Bible, we don't need to be believing that doctrine, especially in the Catholic Church. This is going to upset Catholics, but the priest and the Pope and people like that have issued doctrines that are not even in the Word of God. Amen? In fact, the Pope now has sanctioned homosexuality, and now they're going to offer communion. I don't know if you heard that in the news, but the Pope is now offering communion to same-sex couples and offering it to homosexuals. How many of you know that's not in the Bible? The Bible is saying that that is a, an abomination unto God, and it should not be done. And so uh, that's what's rendering them powerless and ineffective, okay? So let me list these five doorways the Lord gave me. Number one, inner vows and bitter root judgments. Inner vows are things like when you say, uh, I will never be like my father. I will never be like my mother. Oh, look at that person over there. I will never be like them. And we judge them based on something. Maybe the color of their skin. Maybe it's because of their action. And we say within ourselves. I'll never be like them. The next thing you know, you are becoming like them. One day, I was driving, and a man cut me off and nearly caused me an accident. I became so angry with the guy. I said, that stupid idiot, I would never drive like that. And he ran through a red light and almost caused an accident. I was so angry that the next thing I knew, I didn't notice the light had turned red. I ran through the light myself. You see how these judgments open the door for you to start being just like the person you're judging. So we have to learn how to pray for people and put them into God's. My response should have been, God, please, that man, because he's going to hurt somebody and hurt himself. Please protect him. Please don't do that. Rather than me being judgmental and calling him a stupid idiot. Yeah, we do it all the time. 
And so that what happens in the spirit realm is the devil also hears that, goes before God and says, now I have a right to enter their life and attack them because they're violating the principle of forgiveness toward other people. The Bible says to pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. Yeah, well, I used to read that and say, well, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that God just smite them and God just attack them and tear them. No, that's not what he's talking about. You have to release them and put them in God's hands. You have to, you have to get away from your judgment and your attitude because that judgment and that attitude is stopping you from going through a door of blessing that God has for you. Amen? That was number one. Number two, generational curses and iniquities. Generational curses and iniquities. There are things that are, the Bible says that the, the iniquities of the father are passed down to the third and fourth generation. People sometimes are suffering today diseases that are in their family bloodline. And one of the things that we do, like diabetes, things like that, is we break that thing in the spirit realm. We break that lineage that is coming and being passed down to you through the DNA. And we decree that you have a new DNA, that you have the blood of Jesus Christ, and that old things are to be passed away, and that you're to be free from the diseases of your mother, free from the diseases of your father, your grandfather, your grandmother, and back three generations that you are to be set free of because you're a child of God, and you should not have to suffer from that which is passed down, and you have the power and the ability through Christ to break that. Amen? Hallelujah. Listen, we can, we can avoid a lot of illness. We can avoid a lot of difficulty if cancer was happening in your family doctors will say well is there any history of cancer in your in your family well bless your heart you know uh you know bless your we we got a thing going on in the united states now that they have women testing and if they have this certain marker in their dna they tell the women they should have their breasts removed because they're going to have cancer how many of you know that can be broken come on you don't have to have your breasts removed. You don't have to have, just because before you in the generation that, that was going on. Listen, when you become a child of God, you have access to a new and a better way. And you have the authority through the name of Jesus Christ to, to do something about your bloodline. Hallelujah. To be free from that. In my, my family, there were all kinds of things in the bloodline. And there were thieves and robbers. There were all kinds of things. And we had to break the power of that so that we did not have to suffer the consequences of the sins of the forefather. I found out that my great-great-great-great-grandfather was killed in a pub in a bar in Scotland because of fighting, and he was killed, and that his wife had to flee Scotland and come to America. Thank God that's how I came to be. But they came to America, but it was that curse that was on the bloodline and the shame that was in the family about what the man did that nobody would talk about it. Let's cover it. But when I began seeking and trying to find out what had gone on in my family, when I found that out, I went to God in prayer and had that broken. So number two, generational curses and iniquities. Number three, this is a big one. If I could say that the number one blockage to keep people from being healed as I have administered healing is this one right here. 
and it's called unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. When you are struggling to get healed in your body, you need to start thinking, get out a piece of paper and a pen and write down all of the people who have done you wrong. All of the people have offended you, have done things. And when you think about them, you have something really bad come up in your heart like I would like to see them get what they deserve. That is unforgiveness. And the Bible says that if we don't forgive others, God cannot, what? Forgive us. See, when you are forgiven, then you come under the covenant benefit of healing. But when you don't forgive others, you don't get to receive the benefits of the covenant. Amen? Your soul might get saved. You might go to heaven. But you are not going to be able to receive the benefits that are a part of the covenant. The other night, God told me, uh, uh, just a few nights ago, God told me that there were uh, people there that had uh, tumors. And uh, there, were, there was a woman that came up. And she had uh, she had had breast cancer, and they went in. They removed the tumor in one breast, but they said you'll have to have another operation to res to remove the tumor in the opposite breast. But she said the breast they did the surgery. I'm in constant pain. I'm hurting so bad from where they did the surgery. I'm fearful to go and get another surgery to remove the other tumor that's cancer. And uh, so I prayed for her, and nothing happened. Now. When I first started out, I would pray for people and something maybe did not happen. And I would think, was I not anointed? I, I wish the choir would have sung a different song. You know, that one song makes me feel good. And if they sing the right song and we're in the right atmosphere, then, that, then that's, that's what I should have done. I should have, that's why it didn't happen, you know. And maybe I should have fasted more days, I, you know. All of these things would go through my mind. But guess what? Many times it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the person has an open door and the enemy has a right to shut down their miracle, has a right to shut down their healing. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest ones. So when nothing happened, and I knew God had said, I'm going to heal people with tumors tonight, I said to the girl, I put the microphone down and I said to the girl, I said, someone has done something to you, very offensive, that hurt you, and you have anger toward them and you have not forgiven them. And without just like that, she said, yes, his name is Noah. His name is Noah and I will never forgive him, she said. So I said to her, then God cannot heal you. But if you want God to heal you, let me lead you in a prayer to forgive Noah and put him in God's hands. See, where people miss it is they believe if you forgive somebody, it means you have to trust them. But if a burglar breaks into your house, you don't go to court and say, Your Honor, uh, I'm forgiven this man, and now I trust him. Let me give him the keys to my house. No, he's a thief. But... I don't have to hold unforgiveness toward him. There is a God who sees everything, who will bring justice. He's a just God. And I put him in God's hands and say, God, you deal with him. I'm not going to get in between you and them. I'm going to let you take care of the situation. And I'm going to forgive them so I can be free to receive the benefits of your kingdom. 
and I would forgive. So I led her the other night, I led her in a prayer to forgive Noah. And after she prayed, I said, now we're going to pray for these tumors again. We prayed the second time and I said, now check it. The first thing she noticed, the breast where the surgery was done, absolutely no pain. All pain was gone in that breast. She reached over to feel the tumor in the other breast. The tumor was gone. So I'm telling you these doorways that the enemy has coming and going in Christians' life is what is stopping Christians today from fulfilling their destiny, is frustrating you on the job, keeping you from raises and bonuses and promotions on the job, and keeping your finances uh, pushed down is because of open doors going on in your life. So what if you had a grandfather who cheated people? What if you had someone above you, your parent, and they cheated people in business? Now they've opened a door for a financial curse to be passed down to you. Talk to anybody, listen to the testimonies of some of these people that have been in the occult, and they will tell you that's what they use against people because they have a right in the spirit realm to attack someone. The reason that Satan could not overtake Jesus in the wilderness after he had fasted is because there was no guile in him. There was no sin in him. There were no open doors. And the devil tried to tempt him, but it had no effect. Come on. How many of you know we need to get some doorways closed today? We need to get some things shut down. If you have unforgiveness toward anybody, you've got to start writing their name down. And before God, Lord, I, I, for, I ask forgiveness for myself because I've held anger against that person. This person did this, this, and this, and it hurt me deeply, and I need to forgive them. I had to forgive a school teacher. Back when I was in junior high, middle school, I had to forgive that woman because she was mean. She said all kinds of things, not just about me, but every student, and I, I was affected by that woman and I did not like her. I had hatred in my heart. And God said, if you want me to bless you, you even have to forgive that woman. But I didn't feel she was worthy of forgiveness. But let me tell you what, that Jesus paid the price. We didn't pay the price. When we hold unforgiveness toward people, it's as if we are stepping into the role of being God and we judge them. But we need to step out of the role and say, God, I'm putting them in your hands and I choose in the name of Jesus to forgive them. And, and I, as I've gone back in my life and closed doorways, I have found that the power of God in my life goes up a next level. Some of you need to go to the next level. Some of you need to close some doors today so you can go to the next level. Amen. Number four, trauma. Trauma. There are people that have been through trauma. You've been through wrecks. You've been through accidents. You've been through medical trauma in your body, surgeries. Uh, you've gone through trauma in relationships. If you've gone through a divorce, you, 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 you've gone through trauma. You can't go through a divorce or a relationship broke up without some trauma happening. And you need to get the doorway to that trauma closed. Hallelujah. Whatever it is. I remember that uh, years ago when I was in my 20s, I was flying overseas to do mission work. We were over the Atlantic Ocean. 
when the airplane experienced trouble and severe turbulence, people went flying around and it was so frightening and I, it scared me. And something entered into me at that moment. A spirit of fear took a hold of me and I was praying in tongues. So every time I would fly and I'd say, oh God, I know you want me to go to Africa, but I don't want to get on that airplane. Something might happen and the devil tormented me with that fear. I was traumatized by that event and I thought this plane is going to fall out of the sky, you know. And then usually right before I go, some movie came on television and the plane crashed. Almost always. I was like, I couldn't even watch television before getting on the plane. I'd have the church... You have to pray for me because I would put the blanket over my head and I'm speaking tongues the whole time. And I would speak in tongues till I would fall asleep. And then I'd wake up and I'd have to speak in tongues to survive it. How many of you know that was a trauma that did not need to be there? So I went to a counselor in another city that I knew God would use. And so there was a man, a, a black man that was in the Dallas area. I went to that man and I said, I don't know what's going on with me. I said, I'm fine until I get on an airplane and I feel like I'm falling apart. And I said, it was my dream from the time I was a child to fly airplanes, but I'm terrified to be on a plane out over the ocean. And he said, huh, let's pray. So he began praying and he said, you had someone that died that was very close to you. I said, my father, he said, there's a trauma there. And I said, yeah, you know, every time I go past the cemetery where he's buried, I turn my head the other way because I don't want to look. And he said, that's it. It's an open door that allowed the spirit of fear to come into you. And we began to pray and break that thing in the name of Jesus. You know what happened to me? I got so free that day that as I was driving home, God began to stir up in me my desire to fly airplanes. And I said, you know what? When I get home, I'm going to get my pilot's license and I'm going to start flying airplanes. Today, I have my own airplane. I fly. I, I go in those planes that go upside down, that spin. I can, I can go up and let it fall out of the sky, tumbling and tumbling, and then put the power on and pull out at the bottom. And I, woo, hallelujah. Yeah. I'm not afraid anymore. The other day I was on a plane and there was a businessman and we were, we were having some turbulence. He had not flown much and he's sitting there and the pilot came on and said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to experience some turbulence as we, as we lift off here because we're, there's bad, uh, bad weather and, and we're going to have to fly through. So be sure and make sure your, your seat belt is buckled and this guy's he's grabbing the chair, you know. And it's like, he's a tough looking guy, but he's terrified. And he looked down at me and he said, aren't you scared? I said, why would I be scared? Well, the pilot just said, I said, doesn't bother me. I said, it'll be fun. I said, because the turbulence means the airplane has more lift. We're not going down. We're going to go up, but not down. We're not going to crash. It'll be fine. He said, are you a pilot or something? I said, yeah, I'm a pilot. Oh, so you're okay with this? I said, yeah. I said, you might as well relax. I said, the other thing is, God told me I will never die in a plane crash. 
He said, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. I said, yeah, that's the safest place to be on the airplane. <laughs> it's seated next because God told me I'm not going to die in a plane crash. God has given me victory in my life. My, pro my point is this. I had a trauma, but God delivered me from an open door of trauma in my life, and the enemy cannot use it against me. In fact, now I have a testimony about what God does. God wants to close some doors in your life today and give you a victory so that you are not traumatized in your heart and your spirit anymore so you can go through the door that God has in 24. Some of you have broken relationships, going through marriage difficulties, injustice. Some of you have encountered terrible things. I was married 21 years, loved my wife very much, discovered that she was having an affair with my best friend, my closest friend. My heart was ripped out. I couldn't. I was so angry. I was so hurt. I raised my two daughters. And some people said, you have to quit the ministry. I said, why should I quit the ministry? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm still serving God. But she made a decision to turn away from God. And they ran away and got married. What could I do? Thank God for a minister, a father in the Lord, who came to me and said, Joe, this is the devil's plan to stop you. This is the devil's plan to put bitterness in your life and to be bitter. And he said, your ministry will be on hold until you forgive. Your ministry cannot go any farther until you put her in your hands and put your best friend in the hands of God and let God deal with him. You've got to go on. So if you've gone through a divorce today, if you've gone through a trauma in a relationship or a broken, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is a redeemer and that Jesus Christ can raise you up. He can heal you of the trauma in your life. And don't let the devil tell you that you are going to be down there. Now I have a testimony. I've been married 17 years to a wonderful woman, and we're serving God. She travels. She was in Kenya some months back preaching. I wasn't even there. She was preaching. We, we are all about God's kingdom. I have. God gave me something better. Hallelujah. And I went on. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that your life is over. Because Jesus is a redeemer. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You got to get the doorway, the doorway of trauma closed. The last one, number five, is willful sin. You'd think, well, everybody knows this. When we enter into willful sin, when we know to do something that's right and we don't do it, when we do things that are wrong and we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you need to repent and turn from that thing. Because here's what's going on in the spirit realm. That willful sin creates an open doorway for the demonic kingdom to come and attack you and your family in the bloodline. Your spouse, your children beneath you. Willful sin. That's why alcoholics and drug addicts' children are so, so, so affected. Not, not just because of the actions, that's one thing, but they're affected because their spirit is wounded 
and the devil can come and attack them. And that's why uh, doctors will try to say, well, alcoholism is a disease and it gets passed down to the children. No, alcoholism is not a disease. It is a spirit from the demonic kingdom that is passed down that wants to tempt your children and people that are beyond beneath you that you've given birth to wants to do the same thing to them because it's a familiar spirit attached and assigned to your family. But the good news is you don't need medical surgery. The good news is you need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse your bloodline. You need the blood of Jesus Christ to deliver you from the power of drug addiction, from the power of alcoholism addiction, because there are spirits that have been assigned to you, and willful sin will open up the door. I, I pastored all these years, and I have people, they go through a divorce, and they say, Pastor, I couldn't help it. I was so broken. I just went to the, I went to the nightclub, and I got drunk. They never drank before, and now their life is a mess, and now they want to drink more and more. Why? Because the Spirit entered into them. You go to places like that, those spirits are just lingering in that place looking for someone to go into. And the power of Jesus can set people free. If you're struggling with addiction today, I have good news for you. Jesus can set you free in one moment. You can be delivered. It's don't believe the lie that it's a disease and it's something you have to just live with the rest of your life. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Just like some people say, well, you know, my mother had a bad knee. She crippled all of her life. Now my knee is bothering me. My mother had to cope with her bad knee and I have to cope with my bad knee. That's a lie. You don't have to cope with any illness any disease, any infirmity, to cope with it is to say I'm cooperating with a demon. You have power in your life through Jesus Christ, and you can say I'm not going to cope with it anymore. I'm going to get it out of my life. I'm going to get it out of my body in the name of Jesus. And that's these are the five doorways that the enemy uses. So you become a Christian, and you start to move out in the things of God to advance and and to go beyond just being born again. I'm going to pray for somebody. And you lift your hand to touch somebody and you hear that little voice. You know you're really a sinner. Remember that thing you did in secret? You're not worthy. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. The devil starts reminding you about your past. <laughs> He's very clever. But the Bible says that we've been made to be worthy by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I was one of the worst sinners, you know. I wanted to be a bank robber. I wanted to shoot guns. I wanted to do all kinds of bad stuff. I wanted to go in banks and rob money from the bank. That's what I wanted to do when God changed my life. And now I'm a born-again, former sinner. Paul the Apostle said, I was a sinner. I was the chief of all sinners, Paul said. But he wrote most of the New Testament, and he lived in the power of God. He walked in the power of God. 
I'm telling you today that God wants to close these doorways in our lives. He wants to deliver you of your fears. You see, uh, my mother had a fear of water. And so I did not even learn to swim until I was older because my mother, anytime we would get near water, my mother would grab me. Don't go near the edge. Be careful. People drown. People drown. My mother was a godly woman, but she was terrified of water. It was an area of her life that she never got the trauma because she had a friend that drowned. And in her mind, I'm using wisdom to not go near the water. But she was operating out of fear. Let me say this to you. Fear and faith cannot exist in the same person without conflict. The fear will take away your faith. I said fear will take away your faith. That's why I had to get free of the trauma of being on an airplane because I knew that it would begin to rob me of the faith that God was trying to give me. I could not go through the doorway. Hallelujah. And today, I mean, we go places, you know, like, you know, like Pakistan, where it's the, they had 30 armed guards with us. And people said, were you not afraid? I wasn't afraid at all. God sent me there. I was not afraid. And we've gone to villages where in the past they beat people with bicycles. I would go there and the idol worshipers wanted to kill me. You know? But I wasn't fearful because God had delivered me that. I went there because God said to go there and those idol worshipers that wanted to kill me became born again Christians and wound up giving me land to build a church on. You have to stop letting the devil control you by emotions and by fear. You have to get free. Amen? Let me jump to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days. Everybody want to have good days? 2024, good days are coming. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and let his lips speak no guile. When we are constantly critical, when we are constantly judgmental, when we are constantly negative and we're speaking these things out, you are robbing yourself of having good days. But when you begin to speak with these, seeing with the eyes of the Spirit of God, and you begin to speak into your future and say, I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to have a good year. 2024 is going to be my year. 2024 is going to be a year of power, a year of victory, a year of financial blessing. 2024, I'm not going to be sick. My family's not going to be sick. We're coming out of sickness and disease, and every demonic thing that the devil has brought against me is going to be destroyed in 2024, and all the doorways in my life are going to be closed, and I'm going through the door that God has for me in 2024. That's what has to come out of our mouth today. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with his might and fortified by the word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.